Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, co-hosted by yours truly, Kate Richardson and Megan Pachecki. We're two registered dietitians here to make your life easier by debunking diet myths, sharing scientific information about nutrition, and keeping you motivated to reach your goals. We want to teach you everything we know by giving you real life examples of how we've helped our combined thousands of clients transform their lives, lose weight, and get healthy without having to go on another cookie cutter diet. On this podcast, we'll be giving you our best advice, strategies, and mindset shifts so you too can reach your goals using food and most importantly, enjoy the process. So I've had two people in the last two weeks ask me about this Viome testing. I'm glad of it. Only because you told me about it, okay. and I'm grateful that I've had no one ask me about it. <laughs> and if they do, I'm just going to send them, <laughs> them this podcast. Um, I sent you a text about it, and you were like, what did you say? You were like, I looked at them, and I blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was at home drinking. <laughs> no, I saw it, and I opened up the website, and immediately my gut reaction, no pun intended, was, F this, I don't care, another gimmick, stupid, mm-hmm. mumbo jumbo. Mm-hmm. And then you were really interested in it, so I had to face it. So the reason why I was interested in it was because I was able to look at the printout that this person actually got from the company. Your so client or friend? Friend, not a client. So it was a friend whose brother got the test, okay. and that's who brought it up to me. And, and I remember maybe five or six years ago when gut microbiome testing first became a little mainstream, and I had a couple clients who would bring me their test results, and I was so uninterested because all of them that I read were so generic. It was like, avoid white flours, avoid sugars, eat complex carbohydrates that are high in fiber, and eat a balance of macronutrients. And so it was basically a printout of what we would tell anyone that was trying to generally be healthy. And so I wasn't really interested in that. Yes, it would also provide a list of the bacteria that you had in your gut or maybe things that were off or on, but there was no real plan with food to improve that. Now, this one that I saw went really deep into the weeds. It gave you, I think, a list of 20 superfoods that you should eat all the time that would be really beneficial. And then it even went to, like, avoid these foods. And now these foods to avoid were not things that are the generic, like, avoid alcohol and sugar and processed foods. Like avoid avocado mm. or avoid Brussels sprouts or avoid strawberries, like things that you would generally think are healthy, I need to eat more of. And then when you would click on that specific food, it would give you the scientific reason behind why they were thinking that. So that's what got me interested that they did insert the science in there and it wasn't just this generic, everybody kind of gets the same printout. And so that's what made me start looking into it, thinking, oh, maybe the science has advanced in the past five or six years and there's more out there. Right, so it tests more of the mRNA, right? Yes. So that was, in the research, what I found was like, the, there's DNA and then there's RNA or mRNA? mRNA, yeah. Okay, so DNA is something that you have from birth, it never changes. And then the mRNA is something that changes over time, can get 
better in some ways, can get worse in some ways, but that's what this Viome company is now using. So it will change over time. So great business model because it's something that changes. So if you do the test once in 90 days, they want you to test again and tell you the different recommendations. So it's not like you get this printout, what they tell you to do is what you should do forever. It's not it's like an elimination diet. It's a let's see if this improved your gut health and then go from there with our next recommendation. So. From a sales standpoint, great. Yeah, it's a business. <laughs> I think that we, I might say that like 12 times during this podcast, just based on what I'm planning on, on saying, is it's a business model. Uh, you can tell by the pricing. It's expensive. They want to make money. Uh, my bone to pick with that is your gut microbiome is changing every day. So if you did this test after just a healthy day of eating, maybe you would have different results than after oh, a weekend vacation when you're having a little bit more dysfunction or you ate some things that you normally wouldn't eat. Interesting. So I guess from a practical standpoint, what we're describing is with this test, you send in a stool sample, you send in a saliva sample, you send in a blood sample, and it uses all that information plus like an hour and a half long questionnaire where they ask you all these questions about what you eat and how you feel. Sounds like a fun (laughs) Sunday afternoon activity. And then they use AI to aggregate all that information and then give you your recommendations based on that. And part of my interest in this is, okay, yeah, there's a lot of people that aren't going to come and sit down with a dietitian and talk to us for an hour and let us give them our recommendations. So if they're willing to take this 90-minute questionnaire and really figure out what are some things that do bother me or don't bother me and the symptoms that I have or don't, that's gonna make them think about what they're putting in their body and then in the long run, hopefully help them to make some positive changes. Right, yeah, there's, I think there's a good and, there's a dark and light side to that. One, if somebody can get this test and maybe they see that they have difficulties with methylation or oxalates in certain foods and then they can get some concrete examples of foods that might trigger these problems. And then they can take those foods out of their diet and be objective and see if there's any change. Cool, I think that's a light side, especially if somebody's having real issues. Not just like can't lose 10 pounds Mm -hmm. or has some back pain. Like, you know, it's gotta be like real gut issues or cognition problems. The dark side is like I've seen with other tests does this make people even more afraid to eat things? Does it make them paranoid? Does it make them hyper fixate on minuscule details? Like if they should have chili powder or paprika and then they miss the whole big picture of what could be causing dysfunction in the gut, which could be more than just what you ingest from food. It could be environmental stress. It could be emotional. Uh, so if we're focusing on itty bitty tiny details related to superfoods and what to eat and what not to eat, I don't, I'm just afraid that people get paranoid about food. Hey, I totally agree with that, and I could totally see that happening even with myself, and that's one of the big hesitations that I have because I feel like with everything, once it becomes popular, I want to try it so I can talk about my personal experience with it, and I think that's one of the reasons why people really like us because we're willing to do that. One of my fears is that if I get this test and it says to avoid blueberries my favorite fruit now is that going to change the way that I feel about blueberries which are a healthy food in general that have antioxidants and have fiber and are much better for me to choose than like my dark double dark chocolate Milano cookie 
that I have. Well, am I going to be more likely now to just go to the cookie because now I know the blueberries are causing some kind of adverse reaction in my body? And I know, especially with a lot of the people that we work with who have done all these different diets, who they've done paleo and now they won't eat peanut butter or they won't eat beans and then they've done keto so now they're afraid of fruit and all these different reasons not to eat certain foods. And then they do this test and it specifically tells you to not eat 20 different fruits and vegetables. Man. Yeah, when I was reading, when I was reading people's experiences, the foods that they would tell them to avoid would be uber specific healthy foods like avocados or something. And yes. yeah, I think that's a good point is, yeah, they're going to be avoiding these healthier alternatives and then using that as an excuse or a reason to go for ultra processed stuff because I don't know if the, I don't know you saw the test is this test going to tell you to avoid potato chips so in general so they give a, a list of like everybody should avoid these things for gut health oh, and okay. that's where like the potato chips the french fries okay. like some things like flavored yogurt were actually on that list so there there was a just a blanket list of everybody should avoid these foods for gut health I already hate that and then <laughs> I know I know and then it went into your specifics, were, which were are all going to be foods that you generally think of as healthy. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I think there's different... You have to know your personality here. I do... And this is just pure observation. I think the kind of people who really love this kind of stuff and geek out on it are also the kind of people that are going to, like, take it to heart. Mm-hmm. So let's just use, like, the avocado example. They find out that, for whatever reason, their gut doesn't like avocado. Then they're in situations situations where avocado is available they're at parties they're in social situations there's guac at the table and then they avoid it or maybe they eat it and then they have a stress response while they're eating the food because their brain is telling them this is bad you're not allowed to eat avocados remember remember that test that you paid four hundred dollars for said that you can't tolerate avocados and when you're stressed out while you're eating the body the gut brain connection which we're talking about here is going to pick up on that stress response and that could actually cause some digestive issues that could mm-hmm. cause bloating that could cause that pit feeling in your stomach or IBS symptoms and whether it's the avocado or whether it's your stress response how will you be able to tell it's like placebo effect in reverse yeah whoa yeah <laughs> literally like this is gonna you, you told me this is gonna cause a problem so it is gonna cause a problem mm-hmm. When it comes to food and gut issues, I'll admit this is an area where sometimes I'm quick to make a, an assumption, but that's why with clients, we'll ask like a ton of questions to figure out what their experience is. Yeah. If someone gives me something uber specific that they know makes their stomach feel weird, that doesn't make sense. It's like something out of left field. I always will start asking other questions like, well, the last time you ate this food, Let's just say it was like a sesame seed bun, right? Something mm-hmm. random. Mm-hmm. What else was going on? What were you stressed? Did you eat something else? Were you busy? Were you scarfing it down in the next exercise? Like what was going on that made that food not sit well? And if somebody can't really give me like exact symptoms of what they're feeling, if it was arbitrary, I tell them it's probably not the food, which is good news. Don't mm-hmm. stress about this food. Maybe it was a one-off. Let's look at the big picture uh, and maybe this test does that, helps people look at the big picture, or maybe it makes them focus on things that may or may not actually be a problem. Well, I think that's really interesting, that point that you brought up, that when people say, like, there's a specific food like lima beans yeah. that bothers me every time, and I've kind of had that same reaction to you, but I think I have the same reaction to you because prior to this, there is no real science behind a very specific food like mm-hmm. a lima bean to mm-hmm. tell me 
why that individual should not consume that specific food. Right. Now, if this test can get down to that granular level and explain, for example, there was a podcast I was listening to, um, it, the entire podcast, like the whole show was about the microbiome, and it was a husband and wife and a mom that all did the biome test, and they were all talking about the results. And the wife was talking about how tomatoes were on her list of don't eat foods, and then the mom also had tomatoes on the list. And it was because they had this specific bacteria or virus in their system. It was called like a tomato blah 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 virus. And that was why they shouldn't consume tomatoes during this 90-day period until that virus would be gone from their system and then they could try again. But it was shown that tomatoes that are grown in this certain area have this virus. And, like, that is something as a dietitian that I have never heard no of. Way. Like, would have no idea why someone couldn't eat a tomato. Mm-hmm. Like, that that could be happening in their gut. So all of that is so new that maybe there is something to it and maybe there's not. <laughs> maybe the, some of these connections are a huge stretch. And maybe some of them, for some people, could be like, oh, my gosh, that finally makes sense. Like, I can eat tomatoes like candy, but I feel like crap every mm-hmm. time I eat them. Who's eating tomatoes like candy? Um, me in the summer. Those little cherry tomatoes. Really? When, yeah, when they're fresh, like straight from a garden. Mm-hmm. I eat mean, like candy, especially the orange and yellow ones. Well, I hope you don't have the tomato virus. <laughs> you know, when you were saying that, two things came to mind. I, I this is I I think this is where I take a very nuanced stance, and I bet you would agree with me here. On one hand, it's like research is not always accurate for the human experience, right? Somebody read in a study XYZ, but their their experience is this. You know, you and I were talking about artificial sweeteners as an example. There's no studies that show that sucralose um, has like real big consequences. It's generally safe. But then we talk to people and as soon as they remove sucralose, the artificial sweetener from their diet, they have less bloating, they have less brain fog, they have less cravings or whatever it might be. So that's the human experience, but there's no research to show that. So with this, yeah, there's no clinical studies or standardized agreements in the medical world that this tomato virus is seen and accepted as accurate. However, is this just ahead of the research or is it the dark side that this is a company that isn't standardized and wants to make money and wants to be unique and wants to get ahead in the rat race that is capitalism and come up with their own normal come up with their own problems to sell you because then this company will also sell you supplements. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And that's the one thing that kind of makes gives me the ick about it. Because like if it was just like the test and it was that, I'd be like, okay, interesting. But then they're going to tell you, well, you have this problem 
So here's a supplement. So it used to be. So they used to just give you the recommendations and what supplements could possibly benefit you, but they didn't sell anything. Now they provide a service that's personalized supplements. Mm -hmm. It's $199 a month mm -hmm. to provide you with the personalized supplements. So yes, genius model. They're going to make a lot of money off of it. But just because they're making money, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're evil. I know. I know they that. Could, they could be doing both things. It could be one or the other, but they could be doing both as well. And the other side of that, too, is like maybe the research isn't there yet, but because they're using AI to gather all of this information on not only your gut microbiome, but your saliva, your blood, and your answers to all these questions, and then recommending that people are redoing these tests every 90 days, think about how much information that they're right. going to get that is relational to the human experience. And maybe we do gather mm -hmm. so much data from this that we can give additional recommendations that weren't possible before. Again, it's, I have this like split, split feeling about it. While you're saying this, I'm like, F yeah, that's so cool. It's like we can really just quickly collect data and standardize things, or maybe this data will help um, fund clinical trials that show things that prove some of these things either right or wrong. And then the other side of me is like, well, they're just going to collect all of my human data and sell it. I want to check the privacy policies of all these different companies and see what they're going to do with my data and what if there's something like sinister going on. I, I just get so split about those things. So I think it's up to the individual to decide like what's what matters to you. And I've always said to people that have certain things that I can't figure out or can't help them figure out, man, I wish I could just plug you into something huh. and get a readout of what would be specifically best for you. And it's like, I feel like we're getting closer to that. Uh -huh. with this. Did you manifest this? <laughs> Maybe. Did you manifest this AI? No one's ever told me that they want to plug me into something. And I've never said that to anyone else either, but I could see myself saying that now. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay, so with this test also, not to sound like I'm totally anti this test because I'm not. I think I'm just a little bit skeptic and I think I'm jaded because there are so many of these tests that come in waves and we get a little excited about them. Like Everly Well, you're mm -hmm. like, oh, like, okay, like, mm -hmm. ooh, dietitians can take classes and yeah. become certified. And then we realize that no Everly Well, which we've talked about on this podcast before, is a big scam. Mm -hmm. So I see this and I'm like, okay, like, cool, but I've been burned before sure. by other yeah. gut microbiome tests. Like you said in the beginning, this one's different because it looks at the DNA and the mRNA. Um, so I would understand why somebody who had a really bad experience with traditional medicine, or maybe they had bad symptoms that nobody could figure out, or their MDs and their gastroenterologists just wrote them off, why they would want to turn to something like this when the traditional medical system let them down. Yeah. And that's where I see this being really cool, because imagine you have like a a big thing going on in your gut. You're constantly feeling bloated and you've talked to your primary care physician and they just give you an over-the-counter probiotic, which does nothing probably, by the way. Um, and then you go to your gastroenterologist and they run all these tests and you rack up a big bill and they just tell you you're fine. There's mm -hmm. nothing there. And you're mm -hmm. like, but I know I'm not fine. Now, of course, and I would want to turn to these tests too. Yeah. And I'm not living that experience. Maybe my RMR, mRNA will <laughs> change in the future and... Um, bless me with some gastrointestinal problems, but that's where I see this test being a value of giving people next steps or hope to empower themselves to make changes for their own health. An interesting little piece of information I found is that only 4% of the people that they test get an optimal rating. 
Oh. So that means only 4% of people, like, don't need to make significant changes or don't need these supplements, which is kind of scary. Okay, um, interesting. I want to know the who were they sampling, just the people that have already come in? So I, I don't know where they got – where where that 4% came from, but it, it's basically, it's based on, yes, the people that they've tested already. The people that they tested already, 60%, 60 something percent came back average, 30%, 30 something percent came back not optimal, and then the rest were that 4%, like, optimal gut mm. health. So 96% of people need supplements. Here, let me yeah. sign up for our subscription, yeah. you below average. Which, but you know what? Maybe that's true. <laughs> Maybe it's like, true. I mean, think about how shitty people eat. Yeah, I know. Like, people I eat mean... shitty. But, okay, I want to know where this sample came from because I don't know. This this is me assuming people who are taking these tests, who are paying this kind of money, who are paying 200 to 400 or whatever, $600 for these tests, probably have money for healthier food, probably have access to food, have access to information. They're clearly interested in health and wellness and nutrition, so that they're seeking out this test. I can't imagine that only 4% of the people who would be purchasing this test would have an optimal gut. I thought that was interesting from the podcast that I listened to from the people who are, like, they have a whole show about the microbiome. At least one, maybe two of them came back as below average. Were they pissed? I'd be so mad. This is my life and something I have a whole show about. And I came back as not optimal. What did they say? Were they sad? Um, Sad feels like a weird word. Yeah, they didn't really say that they were sad. They were just kind of talking about the results and how they thought it was interesting. And their main objective was to compare Viome to another test. And I didn't listen to the one where they compared it to the other test yet, but... I think we can think about this as our preliminary podcast about this because I do have I do have good news. Okay. I have a client who is perfect for this. Really? So when she tends to eat healthier, she has a lot more gut issues. Mm. And we haven't been able to pinpoint what exact foods cause this, but generally if she eats like salads, it's a no-go for mm-hmm. her, but she can eat soups. And we've done kind of like the FODMAP thing, and we've looked at certain carbohydrates, and nothing's really hit the mark for her. And if she eats really bland, like, white bread type stuff, she's totally fine. Mm. So I asked her if she would do it, and she said she would. So we can kind of use her as our specific guinea pig. Because if you look at, like the reviews it's so mixed there's people that are like Viome totally changed my life and changed my world and there's people like this is a scam such a load of crap such a waste of money such a waste of money it's so mixed so I feel like if we can have someone like I've been working with her for a long time I know her really well Mm. if I can have her do this and really see what her experience is because I don't feel like I have enough of an issue to take the test and really be able to tell if it made a difference that's the thing like the part of me that wants to do this I'm like yeah I want to know but I don't I don't have any issues, really. Except so you wouldn't really definitively be able to say, oh my gosh, I feel so different, or it's helped me poop, or helped me not have diarrhea, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas she could definitively mm-hmm. say. I'd be curious if anyone listening to this has insight, too. If, mm-hmm. if anybody listening right now has taken Biome, 
send us a, a message on Instagram, nutrition.awareness, and tell us about your experience and if it's okay if we could talk about it on a follow-up episode. And also for her, she d- has done a lot of overseas traveling, and mm-hmm. I think that some of the digestive issues occurred after she had some type of food poisoning virus, something <gasps> going on. Really? So, and this test should be able to tell us if there's any of that activity still going on. Did she ever take antibiotics, like a bunch of antibiotics? Yeah, I don't really remember what the course of treatment was after that. I don't know if she did or not. I I hear a lot from clients if they ever had some kind of infection and went through like a mighty dose of antibiotics, they have problems with things. Mm -hmm. I had a friend come in earlier this week for an appointment and she was talking to me about it, how she just kind of has this unpredictable like gut distension and bloating and it wasn't just like the natural expansion of your stomach that happens from eating and living throughout the day Mm -hmm. it was just random gassy bloat that was painful and she was on some real intense medicine for her acne when she was younger and it's been ever since Mm -hmm. and so a lot of things that we talked about were trying to repopulate the gut with certain types of gut healthy foods that have live active cultures with varieties of fiber and having her keep track of the things that went well and what didn't went well go well yeah but I do wonder if for her, something like this test could be insightful. Also, she's a rather routine eater, meaning mm-hmm. she eats a lot of the same things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I have a lot of mixed opinions about this, but I think as of right now, I wouldn't recommend this to everyone. No. I wouldn't recommend this to like every healthy individual who has any kind of health goal. I would maybe recommend it for someone who has digestive issues and they haven't really been able to pinpoint what's going on in their gut or has had previous issue with things like viruses or a long bout of antibiotics or where we, we've kind of proven that it's maybe not stress related because a lot of times you know these issues are stress related and if it's not that and you think it's specific foods maybe getting personalized recommendations to really be able to tell if this makes a difference maybe and you have the money to do it yeah okay yeah. When I was looking at what this tests, it gives you some full body insights. And one of them was the biological age, which I've heard people talk about before, which is basically it looks at your cells, the activity of your gut microbiome, and predicts your biological age and compares that to your chronological age. So maybe you're 29, but according to your cells and your gut microbiome, you're 49 (laughs) and that is it both intrigues me and scares the crap out of me that would motivate me to do whatever (laughs) i'm doing differently if that thing even told me i was one month older biologically than i am (laughs) then i'll eat whatever superfood they want i will pay them two hundred dollars for supplements i'm i'm kidding a little i'm hyperbole here but like i could see that being something that would be very motivating and another thing that makes this different is they don't just give you like a probiotic supplement it's also um like enzymes and herbs and like plant extracts which is like first of all a lot of those things could interact with medications so i don't know if they scream for that but second of all that's putting a lot of trust in a company like to put a bunch of unregulated supplements because they are unregulated as supplements are into your body all at one time is a leap of faith. I mean, I don't even trust like anybody enough to do that. Yeah. Like, oh, you want to just take these herbs and these probiotics and just mix them all together in your gut and see what happens. I'd be curious if there's also a placebo effect with that. Like, oh, all of a sudden I paid $200 for these supplements and I feel better. <laughs> because do you want to feel better because of how much money you forked over and how desperate you are? I don't know. 
And then also, like, since it's an ongoing process of you continuously getting retested and then the supplements are changing based on that retest and there's only 4% of people that take it that are optimal, are you chasing something that you're never actually going to get to? Oh, yeah, moving target of perfection. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about this a lot, how we'll have people who come in and they're pretty healthy and pretty fit. You know, like, I'll have clients come in who are, like, so ripped, much healthier looking than I am, right? Mm-hmm. And they are finding all of these things wrong. And it's like, okay, we have to find a place where you can feel good about what you're doing while also, you know, always striving to be the healthiest version of yourself. But where's this place where you're not constantly finding a problem and trying to fix it? Because then you create this weird relationship with you against your body. Mm-hmm. And I could see tests like that, like this doing this. It's like you have some bloating, Um, once in a while so you find this test you find a whole new set of problems to fix and it I don't know it could create a a divide between you and your body instead of being like oh I'm gonna work with my body to fix all these problems that this test says I have I just don't see it landing for people like that I mean this is a little off the mark from what you're talking about but in the same realm I have a friend whose parents are in their 60s and uh, the dad was diagnosed with a chronic disease and the mom got really obsessed with the nutrition recommendations surrounding mm. this disease and she's so over the top about it that like all of their food has to be completely organic they're completely grain free they're completely sugar free so it's like she is so she they've gotten every test they do acupuncture now they do massage now they do you it's just all of these things that she's implemented into their lives to hopefully keep him alive for longer, which is great in one hand, but in the other hand, it's creating so much stress for him that he has to keep up with all of these appointments that he has to go to that she makes for him, that he can only eat these certain foods, that he can't just, like, pick something up on the way. Like, when they go to visit my friend now, so they're three states away, they bring all their own food. Mm. So they bring all their own food, the mom will cook everything there, and my friend's like, cool, my mom's cooking, but the dad's kind of like, can we go to the old, like, pizza joint down the street and do that? And so she kind of is, like, intervening and having this conversation with her mom, like, I understand that you're trying to do all of this to keep dad alive for longer, but what's the quality of life if you have to be so strict and adhere to these rules that he that don't necessarily make him happy right that's such a tough place to be in because she feels in the right because she's following all of these things that she thinks she should follow to do for him and he is pushing back it's probably really comforting for her to do those things too because Mm -hmm. she's probably terrified yeah terrified desperate when you can control as many variables as possible, it's like a soothing thing. The only problem is as soon as something happens that you can't control, the opposite happens and you feel crazy. You feel nervous. You feel even more intense fear. It's like a pendulum. So if you're hyper-controlling everything and feeling really good about that, feeling like you're working your way to solve a problem as soon as life happens, which it inevitably does, and her husband eats a pizza or whatever, or some kind of cleaning product is present in the air that could cause a endocrine dysfunction. It's like creates paranoia. Mm-hmm. And that's like with everything, it's finding a balance. So bringing it back to this test, I think the best candidates for this test would be people who can look at it with a very neutral and objective point of view. Meaning, okay, if the test tells you something, don't just take it 100% to, to truth. 
test it out and then be really objective and honest with yourself on if these recommendations were were worth it for you. Mm -hmm. I'd get multiple opinions about any supplements that it recommends you, especially if you're on any kind of medications or you're following something else that could intervene. Get a few different opinions. Don't just believe the test's opinion right away. Uh, I'd also say this would be a good test for somebody who's really is desperate and having major gut dysfunction and being maybe, um, I don't want to say written off, but not getting the care that they need from Western medicine mm-hmm. or a traditional, traditional doctor. I almost think going to a functional medicine practitioner or a functional doctor in your area would be best if that's available to you, but I know that that's not possible for a lot of people. Yeah, and I also, I wonder too, if you should go into this knowing that it's going to be an ongoing process. So, like, if you do commit to getting the first test, like, you should at least commit to getting a second Mm -hmm. test to really determine if there was an improvement. But then the other side of that is, like, well, if you decide to do the test and you decide to not do their supplements, is it just going to be more of, like, a supplement push of C? You didn't really improve because you're not taking the stuff that we say Hmm. you should be taking. I don't know if that's... Or if you do buy the supplements, it, like, tells you... This is me not trusting the company again. Right. No, exactly. And it's, it's like, how much of that is trust and how much of that is goodwill and how much of it is sales? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I think, yeah, you have to go with your gut instinct. But, I mean, even going to a physician today, like, you know, they they get people that come in and tell them about a product and... They assume that that person is telling about that that medication and goodwill, and so they recommend it to their patients. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that they don't use a critical eye. I'm not saying we wouldn't use a critical eye in the same. Would I mean I get emails from supplement companies every day wanting us to recommend their supplements, mm-hmm. and I don't do it. But there's influence everywhere, mm-hmm. you know. So I can't write that off just because they're giving us the ability to buy a product from them. Mm-hmm. It's tough. So we were laughing about this before we started recording, which was how when you read any study, it seems like they always end with an <laughs> inconclusive result, which is more research is needed before we can definitively say that yes or no about our hypothesis. So I figured for this, we should make a hypothesis on what we think about this test, if it's <laughs> worth it or not. Um, and then follow it up with more research is going to be needed before anybody can say anything conclusive. Is it like this in all areas of science, or is it just nutrition because nutrition is such a new science? Like, I don't know. Like, are there physics papers which at the end they no. say, like, more studies are needed? No. <laughs> the human body is so freaking crazy. It's a whole world. Like, your body is its own freaking solar system with life and systems and functions and it's different than mine and then I walk outside and I'm breathing in different things that are affecting my gut microbiome like it's it's bananas yeah it's bananas but physics is like a mathematical equation okay so my hypothesis is that this company is on the forefront of this research I think that they probably have a lot of things right. I think that they are going to have the benefit of all the information from these questionnaires that people are filling out to be able to continue to provide new insights that someone like you and I don't have. So I think that's going to give them a leg up. What I'm hoping is that other companies 
enter this space and that it does become like a competitive space so that we can compare I, I guess so that not just so that we can compare what the offerings are, but also so that we kind of there's a standard yeah. out there, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. That's a really good point is the more companies come into this space, the more there's going to be a drive to be the best, most accurate, reliable and correct one. When it's just yeah. one or two floating around, then they can kind of make up whatever rules they want. Not yeah. saying that they are, but that's just me being a skeptic. What's the company, the, the woman who created the blood test and it was supposed to test for, like, cancer and diabetes and, like, risk of all of that, Theranos, oh, Elizabeth, no. whatever her name is, and it was like, here, this is, like, the new thing and, like... Everyone invested in yeah, it. And then it was, like, actually just bullshit completely and she fooled everybody. She's a psychopath. Yeah. I mean, it could be that. <laughs> yeah. She's in jail. Right. I think oh, she's on house arrest right now, but oh. supposed to be going to prison. She's obviously trying to get her way out of it still. Yeah. Well, that could be crazy. What if we predict, like, this happening? <laughs> we can come back and be like, we told y'all. <laughs> I hope not, because I do think it's exciting. And, yeah. I mean, the gut microbiome was a new word when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a new th- Like, I hadn't even heard about it until my like fifth nutrition class Mm -hmm. somebody finally brought it up and I was like this is such a new science we discovered that there's all these bacteria that Mm -hmm. are in your gut it's so new so it's exciting and things are going to change and things are going to continue to evolve and even as that's happening that doesn't necessarily mean that this company is wrong like if the science turns out to not be in their favor it just means they're on the forefront of it and Oh, that's an important part of research is people failing. Like, so even if, like, they are missing the mark, if this isn't helpful, at least that just shows us something else that isn't going to work, which is a win in itself. Yeah, I realized during this podcast I've sounded like the negative or, like, the counter person to this, um, as I think I do with a lot of companies. But my hypothesis is that this is going to help a handful of people become more aware of their body, their tolerances, Anything that helps you become more connected with your body, I think, is a win. Um, I also could see the dark side to that, which is it might make people more scared of their body. Um, I also think it could give you some really good information, advance the science. I would say I think this test is probably more helpful than it is hurtful, but anybody who is subjective to being paranoid, obsessive, probably should stay away from this. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So consider that there will be a part two to this at some point. I will be able to use some personal um, experience to talk about. And if you have any personal experience for us to share, please let us know. And we would love to get some more opinions about this, some more thoughts and experiences. Thanks, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. And if you did find it helpful and want to share it with the whole world, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram in your stories at nutrition.awareness so we can connect with you. To get notified about the next episode of Nutrition Awareness, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And to create your own personalized nutrition plan with us, be sure to schedule your virtual or in-person consultation on our website, www.orlandodietitian.com. Now get out there, fuel up, and live your healthiest life. We'll see you on the next episode.